I would like to play a game. As far as what has loosely been called your life, you have spent your time listening to other lesser podcasts, such as Joe Rogan, Comedy Bang Bang, and Shockwaves. But now you are here, listening to Attack of the Killer podcast. Now how the game works is you move these little black circles across this board in order to get to the other side. But be warned, there are these red circles that will block your path, or even worse, remove your circle from the board. Um, dude? Uh, I think you're talking about checkers. And why is your voice doing that? Uh, <coughs> uh, sorry about that, I have a cold. So, games and movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer everybody and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike. This is episode 195. We are creeping up on that 200 oh, spot, it's man. it's going to be here before you know it. And we're not ready. Uh, we? <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, but uh, this episode we are going to be talking about horror movies that feature a game in them. So, not to get confused with, like, movies based off of games... This is just where the a game happens in the movie. We got that cleared up. Okay, so yep. what is Attack of the Killer podcast? It's a group of friends. We get together. We sit around. We discuss um, our common bond, which is horror films. We have like a topic. We pick some movies within that topic, and we go to town. Now, it's free discussion as if we were just all just hanging out, uh, BSing about movies. So there's possibly going to be some spoilers, just to forewarn you. Just be ready for that. Attack of the Killer Podcast is a member of the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And the Prescribed Films Podcast Network is a is an amazing If you can see pod- the hand gestures. Guys. That's right. An amazing podcast network where <laughs> You're gonna not be able to I talk can't, if I can't you do sit it. On your hands. I tried sitting on my hands, folks, and I couldn't talk. Uh 17 shows, 18 shows, 18 shows shows on the network now, and just keeps getting bigger and better. So you can check out all the shows at thepfpn.com, including a little show called The Movie Defenders. Now, what the heck is The Movie Defenders? If only we had somebody on the show. If only we had first-hand knowledge. (laughs) Someone who actually knew what it was. I don't think you found But... But since we don't, Scott, why don't you tell us yeah. about the movie defenders? <laughs> no problem. Thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, I am Scott. I am fifty percent of the movie defender podcast. Uh, my running mate, uh, partner. Uh, I think it, chapter two, and Get Out are the last two horror movies he's seen, and that's about it. Uh, so, uh, so I'll ride solo on this one. But um, yeah, we were. What were we? Number fourteen, fifteen. We weren't the latest. I know that. Oh, yeah, we're right close. Now. 
We were pretty close. We were pretty close. Uh, yeah, we are a movie review podcast uh, like this one. Uh, I think two things kind of set it apart a little bit. One is if we didn't like the film, we kind of don't – we just won't review it. Um, we we started looking out there when we started the show to see – what what how what would make our show different? And we recorded a test show, and it was it sounded like everybody else's, and it wasn't it wasn't a lot of it. It just didn't like if you if you want someone crapping on a movie, go to YouTube, type any movie ever, and hit enter, <laughs> yep. and and you'll get all the content you want. So we just figured let's not lean into that. And then if there was a movie that we loved eighty percent, and there was twenty percent we didn't like, we'll talk about it, but we'll focus on the eighty percent. So it tries to be a positive podcast, but we'll mm. we'll talk about it. There's been a couple movies that we reviewed that I liked better than him or he liked better than me. And and that happens that comes out in the show. And I think the other thing that kind of differentiates us is we will play the film, uh, during the show, we will play clips. Uh, even if it's a new release, uh, we will play clips and scenes from the show while we talk about them. So, uh, you guys were actually awesome and came on to do it chapter two with us, which was amazing. And, uh, God, it was so much fun. And we played, we played a lot of scenes. It was in the teens where the scenes of that thing. So, uh, (laughs) It got it gets it gets long, but it it does set it apart for sure. Uh, you're I mean even days after a new release, you can you can relive it. We just did Zombieland, uh, Double Tap, which was amazing, and I was laughing my ass off the whole time in the theater, trying not to pick up the sound of my laughter. But um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is this is awesome. Yes, thanks for being on. Absolutely. All right, so. Awesome. Check out the Movie Defenders as, uh, as well as all the other amazing podcasts on thepfpn.com. Uh, our sponsor, should mention them real quick, Shudder! Shudder is the coolest streaming service, and I'm pretty sure everybody on the show right now is on a super Shudder high right now. Big time. Because we just got... I don't want to get into it too much, because it's the only thing I have to talk about when it comes to what we watch. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> But, you know, we just got done with another awesome, amazing Joe Bob Marathon over the weekend. His Halloween special. Hootenanny. The Halloween Hootenanny, oh. yes. Oh, and it was awesome. So Shudder is super cool. If you're a horror fan, you'll love it. And you should have it. And you don't? Well, let me help you out. <laughs> I can, I'm going to give you a, a, the first month free. Don't tell anybody, but it's just for you because I like you. And how do you get that? Well, when you go to sign up, you type in the promo code AOTKP, and you will get a month for free on us here at Attack of a Killer Podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Can I ask Very a quick nice question on that one? Yeah. Can I ask a question? Like yeah. A new question? Uh, what? Uh, I've seen it, and my daughter's really getting into horror, and I've thought about subscribing and signing up. It. What is the... Uh, does it have films that also can be found, like, on... Other places, Netflix, Hulu, or is that kind of the big point? Is it? It there's a lot of flicks in there you won't find any anywhere else, or is it kind of both? Or there's a mix. You'll find you'll probably find some stuff on on some other streaming services for sure. But they also do have a lot of great of their own original content. Like we talked about, Joe Bob Joe Bob's marathons are always awesome. But they awesome. they started doing this new creep show anthology series TV uh, TV show, which, which is, is really good. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, oh, they, nice. They've done a lot of original content for movies as well. Um, they've been doing some amazing jobs of getting some stuff faster than anyone else. They just put up Haunt, which which came out um, came out last month, and they're the first ones to be streaming that. So 
But they really do have a lot of content you can't find anywhere. Horror. Exactly. Good horror deep dives. Foreign. All sorts of great stuff. Yeah. They yeah. got good docu- documentary stuff about about films, you know, like about Fright Night and stuff like that. And it's just, I, I really dig that kind of stuff they got on there as well. I'm going to have to check that out. Now, the hot was that Emma Roberts thing that never really released anywhere, right? Or was that, I'm trying to remember which one that was. I think you're right. I think it's it. I have to check that out. I don't have to use the code I didn't hear you give me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the initials of the show. A-O-T-K-P. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. And if you sign up for it like on like on a Roku or some other... Um, Apple TV. We, or Apple TV. You do, you do it directly through Shutter. They also have where... You know, live TV. They have they have three separate like live channels going on as well. So you could just click on and just let it play with whatever's on, or you can uh, or you can like surf through and and pick what you want, like a Netflix or whatever. You don't so. think you miss it having live uh, stuff presented to you, but like you end up watching stuff that you never probably would have because it's on. You know, yeah, just because it's there. It's yeah. on. Yeah, it's just on and playing. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. All right, so um, also I want to take a moment here and uh, say thank you to the Patreon supporters out there. And if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, it's not too late. You can become one. Just put in AOTKP and check out the different tiers. You can get all kinds of cool stuff like bonus episodes, special videos, Insane Mike's One Move, One Minute Top Ten list. We just got our brand new T-shirt. What? 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 You could get a T-shirt if you really wanna. Um, but being a Patreon supporter of the show is cool, and you become what we call the member of the attackers. And we have two new members of the attackers. Two new members that we're gonna give shout outs right. to right now. See, when you're a Patreon supporter, you, we get to talk about you on the show. So we have. Brandy, who is super awesome and super cool, <laughs> is a new Patreon supporter. She is. Yeah. And then all the way from Germany, we have Stefan... Stefan? Stefan. Stefan Sitter. Is it Stefan? It's Stefan. It's Stefan. It's German. I got the last five years right, of, I hope. My five years of junior high and high school German gets me. That's what it is right there. All right. Stefan Sitter. So thank you, Stefan. Oh, thank you so much, Absolutely. guys. And thank you, Brandy. And Brandy already has her um, Patreon commentary episode picked out, too. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's right. Silver <laughs> Bullet. So yeah. be looking forward Rip. to that. All right. Yeah. It's her favorite movie. It is her favorite movie. All right. So thanks, guys. Thank you again. And now it's time to introduce you all to... The podcast crew. He played poker with a deck of tarot cards. He got a full house and three people died. Andy Wassum, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I use, I've been known to put people in that much peril. Hi, everybody. His favorite video game is Grand Theft Auto. Matter of fact, just the other day, he beat up a prostitute, stole a car, robbed a man at gunpoint, and then he went home and played Grand Theft Auto. Ted Good, everybody! <laughs> if you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll listen to the bonus episode and know that he is lying. I did not beat up a prostitute, and I don't appreciate the allegations. 
Alleged, he allegedly paid her very well. That's right. <laughs> uh, he was trying to play a card game with his cousin, the pirate, but uh, they couldn't play because his cousin was sitting on the deck. Jason Bollinger. Oh, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Happy to be here. And now, lastly, his chess, his chess game was missing a couple pieces, so he went to the pawn shop. A very special guest, Scott Alden from The Movie Defenders. Yeah, it is, and I, I, I thought the sign meant literally. <laughs> I didn't understand what was in there, actually. Sorry. <laughs> He's like, get out. You know, I, I didn't see any other chess boards anywhere I tried. It's false advertising. It is. It's just so confusing. It reminds me back in the day, in my years of retail, I worked for, um, I worked for the Musicland Group, and their set of small town stores, like non um, big city stores, were called On Cue, and we would get phone calls all the time mm-hmm. asking if we had like pool balls and pool cues. Boo. No, but people were serious. They thought they were, we really carried that stuff. And you had to tell me you didn't have any balls. Oh. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to turn it over. See, I can, I can write your, I can write your shtick. <laughs> That's fine. You be the host. I'm out of here. <laughs> Not so easy, is it? Okay, now I'm going to turn it over to Tad. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with our first segment, which is what we watched. where we talk about what we've watched that's not part of the episode, but um, we just sort of open discuss what we've watched. And I'm going to start with myself because I missed the last episode. I don't know if you guys did a what we watched last one because I don't actually listen to our podcast. Aww. But um, it's been a while, so I have I have some stuff. I'm just going to get out of the way so I can nap through Jason's like six-hour hey, no. talk. Um, I love how Jason still gets shit for it, but I'm pretty sure Andy's passed him a long time ago oh, yeah. on the list. I've been yeah, busy. Maybe. Come on. <laughs> but um, I've obviously, you know, I think most of us, I don't know, did, did everybody else watch the, the um, Halloween Hoot Nanny with Joe Bob Briggs? Yep. Did, you, wa- did you watch it live? It. I did. Awesome. I was ironically watching. Well, yeah, I was watching it live, too. I fell asleep, like, with 15 minutes left of Halloween 5, so I went back to watch it Saturday night, and I fell asleep again. <laughs> so I still haven't seen the last 15 minutes, but I was we were playing Halloween, at the original Halloween at the Capitol, and I was watching the Hootenanny on my laptop at the same time. And ironically, like, Joe Bob had so many breaks and talked so much that... We started the second showing of Halloween at 9 o'clock. He started Halloween at 8 o'clock, and it caught up to it <laughs> because of his talking. So, like, at, so at one point, the movies were on the same, like, time. They were playing about the same time, but uh, I, w- I wasn't really watching the movie segments because I've seen these movies so many times, so I would just sort of have one earbud in, and when you start talking, listen, then pull it back out, you know. But, um, yeah, it's great to have Joe Bob back. He just announced they're doing a Christmas special on Shudder also. So you might want to save that past, you know, that um, promo code. You can have a free month in December and then you can binge watch as much as you want and watch that one live. I don't know. Just saying. 
Or get multiple uh, email accounts. And well, how would you not sign up? It's once you learn how awesome it that's is. It's true, and it's only five bucks. I mean, it's five sign up now. Yeah, it's it's so affordable and awesome. And I've gotten through this Halloween season with it on. Like you said, with the live streaming stuff, I turn that on if I'm doing something else. Just having it on, not having to make a choice on what to watch, is awesome. Yep. <laughs> and it's and it's always something good. Like uh-huh. the other day, I turned it on. It was pieces and. My wife's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "The best thing ever." Let's watch it. And then <laughs> it was like uh, they had so much like you know they they've been showing the creep show on there, but I have actually that was my next thing, creep show, another Shutter original. <laughs> I've, I've been watching it, and apparently you guys have been too because when I go to play it, it's at the end of the episode. <laughs> but um, that's good because I'll be honest, the first episode I was a little disappointed i was like oh no this this might be bad and it's gotten better and better and it's really good now it's it reminds me a lot of um the old tales from the crypt stuff yeah i really enjoy that cool i've only seen the first episode so yeah it's yeah it the first episode i i don't know just didn't do it for me and then it it's gotten like every episode since then has been very solid this latest one uh that i watched is not the newest one but it's it's I won't spoil anything because you guys got to watch them, but uh, it's been awesome. Let's see. Uh, obviously, I've been watching the stuff that we've been playing at the Capitol, so a lot of the old stuff, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Carnival of Souls. Um, I did see uh, Zombieland Double Tap, so it was nice to get out and cool. sort of see the one horror new horror film that's in theaters in October. I don't mm. know why. We're, we're getting Dr. Sleep in November. I mean, come on. Yeah, how like, dumb is that? That's insane. Yeah, that and uh, I guess what the lighthouse, but it's it's not getting wide until maybe later this week or into next month. So, just seems like a horror wise, it's not been a great year in uh, for October. But yeah, I, I feel like I've watched a whole bunch of other stuff um, just here and there. But that's mostly what I've watched. So. Yeah, even Quiet Place 2 is not due out till February, February, March. It's like not even this time. They just wrapped, but even it's not, even it's delayed or, you know, not this time of year. You're right. It's kind of Yeah, thing. and they're doing um, the new Saw, which is the Saw movies have always come out Halloween time, like a tradition. They push that up and they're bumping it up from Halloween next year to like May or June or something weird. Hmm. So I don't know, I, I don't know why studios aren't doing that. But I mean, next year we'll have new Halloween film, and then the year after we'll have another Halloween film. So yeah, I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. I was yeah, gonna say it's yeah, kind of cool absolutely. that Halloween gets to take over the month of October again. Yeah, and I I could see if like that was the case that no <clears throat> nobody else would want to compete with that. And it used to be like when there was a Paranormal Activity or a Saw movie. Yeah, I understood that no one wanted to go up against them, but. This year, the only thing we've had really is Zombieland, and you know it didn't didn't do uh, great numbers compared to you know it, st- it fell short to Joker still, which is still number one. But uh, which I also saw, sort of forgot to put down. This. I, we might have talked about that already, but um, yeah, it's it's been sort of a weird month for new stuff. But I always want to watch more, and um, obviously, I saw I saw Carrie at the Capitol with Jason. That was fun. Yeah. Um, only had to call the cops on one guy. That was something. But I finally um, went home. I'm sorry. 
I was but, just going to ask you how much your bail was. Yeah. <laughs> it was not Jason, unfortunately. He he uh, was nice and polite in the corner and was quiet as always. I almost had to go. I was almost going to go get you and ask you to kick the guy out, but um, <laughs> I would have. He's become a pro yeah. at that. Yeah, I had to for Halloween and Palooza once. So yeah. All right. Well, I guess that sort of wraps up because I I feel like I've watched more, but I can't think of the top of my head, and that's enough time I've spent. So. Let's go with Mike. What have you watched? Okay, well, I too watched the Joe Bob Halloween Hoot Nanny, and I was so happy to get to watch it live. Because what sucks is usually, you know, Joe Bob's on Fridays, and I usually close on Fridays. So I'm either catching, like, it halfway through or towards the end of it by the time I get home and I can get TV on. But I got to start it from the from the very beginning, and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't make it all the way to the end, though. It was about halfway through Halloween 5 by the time I finally gave up. But it was awesome because, you know, you know, I had a certain Patreon supporter there with me and watching it with me. And it was just cool, just vegging out. It just was really nostalgic for, like, the old days of just vegging out on the weekends on the couch, curled up in a blanket watching horror movies with, with a host. But, man, he was in top form. I swear, the older that guy gets, the sharper and funnier he was He was awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, like, that part where he's talking about Lifetime movies. I was just, <laughs> yeah. I was just rolling. And he went on forever. And, like, Brandy got up and went to and went to the bathroom. And when she came back, and she's like, is, is he still talking about... Yeah. Lifetime movies? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He's still talking about Lifetime movies. Um, so there's that. Uh, interesting, you didn't mention that you also saw a movie called Collapse um, at your theater, Tad. I, I didn't re- I didn't really watch it. I mean, I played uh, it, but no, uh, I was kidding. <laughs> I was letting you, I can't take everything that you've seen. I knew that your lists are usually short, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never feel like I get much time to watch anything, but uh yeah, so watching watching my movie collapse on the big screen again was awesome and a lot of fun. And thanks, Tad, for mm-hmm. doing that. And also, oh, thank you, man. Also, thanks for the Q and A at the end. That was fun. Yes, it was. And then I guess the only other thing that I've really watched, um, my son and I have been looking forward to this for a while, and it finally came out on DVD and Blu-ray, and I I bought it blindly. Uh, it was Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, and it was awesome. <laughs> did, did you see that one in uh, theaters, or is that am I thinking a different one? Teen Titans Go to the Movies was the one they showed in okay. theaters. But the but what's what, what's cool about that one is that at the end credits there was there was a little there was a little um, Easter egg at the end of that that lead that led into this direct video release of Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. And it was it was cool cuz as a comic book geek, you know, there's just a lot of homages to DC Comics and and Teen Titan history in the movie and it's and it's hysterical, it's really funny and what's what's interesting about the original Teen Titans cartoon and and Teen Titans Go it's the same characters, so it's the same exact same voice actors for both series. So now you got two sets of each of these characters in this movie, all voiced by you know by the uh, the same by the same actors. So you got you know 
two cyborgs voiced by the same guy, two ravens voiced by the same lady. Um, and and it's cool. You get I think you get a really cool scope of what it takes to be um, a voice actor because even though they're still they're playing the same characters and it's the same voice actor, there uh, there's differences in the performances that stand out night and day that you can close your eyes and you could tell which version of Robin is talking, and I think that I thought that was amazing. But but yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's all I've watched. All right. Well, um, listeners, attackers, get comfortable because I'm going to throw it to Jason. What did you watch? <laughs> I've everything that you guys have seen. I I saw Joker and Collapse and Carrie and all those Halloweens. The only one that uh, I I have on my list that isn't one that you guys have said already is uh, the 2019. Escape Room, I think it's on Netflix. Uh-huh. I, I saw that in the theater. Yeah, I kind of liked it. It was pretty good. Was it a Blumhouse thing? Oh gosh, uh, a ri- no. It says the studio is original film. I don't know what that is. Well, only, only problem I had with it is that it had just as many endings as Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's what <laughs> it seems like. I'm serious, dude. If, if you watch it, it's just like it could have ended like you know four or five times. But other than that, that was my, that's my only real gripe about it. Yeah, it was it was directed by Adam Robitel, who did Insidious, The Last Key, and the the Taking of Deborah Logan. Get ready for eight sequels because that thing made money. It was under ten million dollar budget, and it's pulled one fifty plus. They are gonna make some more of that thing. Oh yeah, I bet. I think yeah, they're almost they've or, at least already started shooting. If they're not done, I because I saw some of the pictures of the sets, how they do it is pretty cool. So in your face, that's it. I'm done. All you right. guys said all yours, all mine. You're done already. You guys said all mine. All right. Well, Scott, what have you watched? Uh, you said uh, some of them. Um, two big, uh, not shameless plugs. They are the last two things I saw in the theater were Joker and and Zeland uh, Double Tap, which genius. I uh, uh, I thought if 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 the original Zombieland is like a nine out of ten, this thing's an eight point five or an eight. Like I, it it was very clear that. And they said we had a sequel script like months after it was first released because it was successful, but we didn't like it. And we've been waiting for the right script, and they had to wait for the original writers to turn in a draft. They liked it. It was good. They waited. It was uh, it was fantastic. Um, saw Unfriended uh, 1 and Unfriended uh, Dark Web again uh, this last week. Why? Because uh, it was on. It's Halloween. Lots of scary movies are on. And I dig those things. Those are those are, yeah. those are fun, short, easy watches. They're great. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the other thing, Mike, have you caught Titans on no. the DC Universe at all? No, I still haven't okay. gotten the app yet. I'm, I was tempted because they they put it out on on DVD, so I'm tempted just to pick up the the box set because I did already pick up the Doom Patrol box set because I was really excited about that show. Cool, too, cool. So. If if you just want a password on check it out, uh, hit me up. The I, I will say I it it is rated R. Okay. It, Mild rated R, but rated R, basically DC stuff. Imagine the Arrowverse with no rules. 
Awesome. The, fir- the first episode, Robin smashed a guy's face through a car window and then drug his face along the glass that was still left. And I went, oh, okay, this is this is going to be different, isn't it? And uh, it is, and it's in the middle of season two, and uh, they death strokes the big bad on the poster and everything. And it is, I think it's really well done. If you've dug Doom Patrol and if you've you've dug the any of the Arrowverse stuff, the Berlanti stuff they've done, Titans, if you like those characters, they've, they've done them right. I think it's fun. Uh, it's not a lot of, not a lot of dope, but, uh, yeah. Oh, and then I probably have seen the Rise of Skywalker trailer enough times to <laughs> make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, out of two hours, like two minutes times, how many, you know, a hundred times, something like that. Uh, but you know, so I got, uh, yeah. I got my tickets, but I haven't watched the trailer cause I'm, I'm like, I'm going to watch it. I got the tickets. Let's, I'm just going to avoid it. I'm just going to try to avoid it as much as possible. I respect that. I will say they've they've dialed in the formula of showing you stuff without telling you shit. Um, most trailers make sure you know a basic plot in there, and there's nothing. Like, I still, once we were done with it, I'm like, I still know nothing about what this is going to be, which is great. But I understand uh, completely not wanting to, not even wanting some imagery. That's one thing. Say what you want about J.J. Abrams. That man can put some visuals together and... Uh, you know he 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 knows what he's doing, so uh, this should be should be fun. That's what I've been watching. Excellent. Well, uh, I guess since we've had a quick run, Andy, it's your turn to uh, give us a long one. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I, I'll promise. I'll try. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, uh, I have a, I may have a small rant at the end because the last thing I'm going to talk about gets my blood boiling. But um, I'm going to start off uh, thanks to Larry Watanabe from uh, My Bleeding Years. I watched a uh, Tromeo and Juliet on, on VHS. And I don't have much to say. I mean, it's you know it's a trauma film. But I was just like, I'm thinking to myself, like, if Disney is going to like get mad about what James Gunn put on Twitter eight years ago, I mean, did they not like check his resume? Have they, have they seen this film? That's what I've said. <laughs> My God, oh, man! If you uh, wanna, yeah, yeah, you, uh, you oh, I'll I'll just hit mute because I'm gonna get pissed. <laughs> because it's yeah, it's just what. Just watch some of his stuff that he's made and wrote in the past, and you should have been known exactly who you were dealing with. I but, mean, I yeah, mean, just his pure association with trauma, but let alone the stuff that he wrote for trauma, or even that he did on on camera for trauma. He plays he in Toxic Adventure Part Four. He plays a very, very. Um, uh, Mean spirited version of uh, Stephen Hawking's in a wheelchair. Yeah, it's it's oh, it's, it's not flattering that, at all to Stephen Hawking. That sentence alone is like offensive. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, I can't believe I actually found this on uh, DVD. It's almost impossible to find on VHS, and when you do find it, it's like it cost a ridiculous amount of money but i know this one was rare and it's a shot on video in 1989 in connecticut it's called the wood chipper massacre yes i love the wood chipper massacre i i saw the nail gun massacre which was really bad is that related at all no No. Uh, oh no no, wood chipper is probably worse uh this is yeah this is uh nail gun massacre actually is kind of you know, would attract more of the uh, 
the slasher and and the booby lovers, which you know includes all of us. But I can't believe uh, there's people I'm talking to that even know what the hell that movie is. <laughs> I haven't I've found just, anybody. I have it on I've, DVD. I've seen it. Yeah, uh, I've, I've watched it with the director's commentary. Oh my god! Yeah, my favorite part was when the guy's lying dead on the road, and someone like accidentally touches one of the nails, and it like goes boing, <laughs> like, moves. Uh, I don't remember much, but I remember that. Uh, but anyway, this wood chipper massacre basically it takes place at home, and these kids are being babysitted by their aunt, and she's a real bitch, and there's like this accidental killing, and they eventually you know tr- shove her into the wood chipper, you know, to cover up the fact that you know that that this accident happened, you know, they don't take into account that, you know, her entrails would be spraying all over the yard, but you know, that's besides the point, I guess. But the real interesting thing that I found about this, the DVD was the extras and, um, in the extras, the, the redheaded kid with the really thick glasses that my wife said I looked like when I was young, which really (laughs) kind of pissed me off. Um, he turned out to be an Emmy award-winning writer for As the World Turns, <laughs> which awesome. is like the craziest damn thing that you know. And he's associated with this. He's like, yeah, it's like I remember, you know. It's and it was just basically like this theater group that made this shot on video. Uh, and it's it's not even really. I wouldn't even call it a horror movie. It's more like a black comedy. And. Um, yeah, it's just a real uh, unique thing that I have in my collection, and I don't think I will ever get rid of it. I can just actually say, yes, I have the Woodchipper Massacre. So, moving on, um, I did. I wanted to talk about this on the last one uh, because I did also see Joker, and that was one of the films I was going to talk about. But I did uh, see Three from Hell, yeah. and uh, that was a long pause. <laughs> well, well, he, well, here's the thing. I feel about it the same way I did when I saw Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. I felt like it's too little too late. It's it's kind of like, I look at it as like an old friend from college that you haven't seen in 20 years, but you had like the greatest time when you were in college, but like those days are gone, but you still feel like this real deep sense of loyalty loyalty. You know, to your to your friends back then, but you know, times have changed. But you know, due to that old spark, uh, I mean, I've watched it again, and it's I was because sometimes Rob Zombie films have to gr- have to grow on me a little bit. Like Lords of Salem, it really grew on me, and I ended up really really liking it because the first time I watched it, I was just like, "This is," ugh. but uh, I did buy I did buy it. You know, because I wanted it in my collection, and I always like the uh, the making ofs. You know, because there's like a four, three, four hour one of like Halloween and the making of that, and I just mm-hmm. really, really like that. And yeah, there's it's one on, movie. yeah, and there's one on three from hell as well. And uh, I got the one with the disco sucks shirt, which you know I was glad it came in large, so it fits me perfectly. But uh, yeah, I may I may have to watch it again. Um, and see if it grows on me a little bit more, but uh, I, I, I didn't hate it, but I'm not in love with it either. So, yeah, three from hell. And the last one I'm going to talk about, it's not really uh, a horror movie, and I absolutely loved it, you know, but that's not what my rant is about. That uh, it's Deadwood, the movie, because I freaking loved that show. You guys ever watch Deadwood? I can. Yeah, it's on the 
and saw the movie. I wasn't a diehard fan. Did see it though. Did see the fil- the film as well. Yeah, um, I can listen to Ian McShane call people a cocksucker all day long. It's it's the show was the show was awesome. Okay, <laughs> but it only got three seasons. And as the credits were rolling on this uh, movie, that I thought was okay. I mean, it was it was good. I mean, it tied up a lot of loose ends. I'm getting more and more agitated that we only got three seasons of Deadwood, but we got seven seasons of some asshole just going sucky for seven fucking years. That True Blood shit was on. All right, that's not shit. I do admit it's uh, there are some were better than others, but I I dug it. Uh, it you're right. That accent got annoying though. I'm I'm with you. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I'm sorry. It's a British version like, of a southern accent. <laughs> something something about like uh, vampire romance just really bothers me, dude. It's I it mean, was more vampire. I don't know if that was romance. There wasn't a lot of romance. <laughs> There's just a bunch of banging. But <laughs> Well, yeah, well, yeah, that, but I mean, just to me, like, I'm more like, you know, I'm not team Edward at all. I'm team David. I'm team Severin. <laughs> Those guys were freaking vampires. Okay. <laughs> you know, vampires don't have chronicles. They don't have journals. They don't have diaries. When did they become all novelists? Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time you heard about a werewolf, you know, pinning his memoirs? Okay. Because they would be like the funniest drunk stories ever. They go a little something like this. Yeah. Uh, woke up naked, covered in blood in a cornfield again with flesh in my teeth. Time to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and the rant he spoke of. <laughs> oh, the True Blood did jump the shark at a certain point when it deviated from books. I I think uh, there were certain every season there were story arcs that I loved and 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 couldn't get enough of, and then there were a couple of arcs every season that was like ah, I'm not really sure I'm into that as much. Uh, but I I'm sure that's the way with anything. But I I dug it. It got a little weird at the end for Shizzle. It did, and I only saw the first season of Deadwood. First too. couple seasons are really freaking strong. Uh, but uh, yeah, it got a little weird. Got a little weird. That's Sorry, I didn't mean to drag this into the mud. Uh, no, no. Well, oh, I, 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 I threw down the gauntlet there. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does right. that have to do with Deadwood? You were saying something about? Oh, yeah, it. That, he was. Well, it, my, 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 my tie in there is this like HBO. You know, sometimes they cancel really good shows, and then they just ride out as, you know, seasons of television that just get progressively worse, in my opinion. So, you know, like, the, I the thought movie Car- that you watched, how was that? The movie was good, because it tied up a lot of loose ends, and, you know, uh, some characters, some beloved characters actually uh, died, and... Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was good. Um, so what are you uh, crying uh, about then? Why are you? Why are you <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not, I, I'm not crying about it. You anything. got some clo- you got some closure. So stop stop whining that a, a better show got more seasons. Sorry. Yeah, it was the it was the Game <laughs> of Thrones of the time it was on. Man, like that thing was the ratings on that thing. True Blood were just insane, and uh, yeah, yeah, maybe by the Desperate Housewives crowd. <laughs> Hey, that's a good set Hey, Barry Hatcher's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It doesn't matter. They're they're the ones. As long as people are watching, you know. 
Well, yeah, a lot of people are gluttons for punishment too. I still can't explain why Pokemon got a freaking movie. So I, I'm not. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Some things I don't get either. Mike, save us. Get us is out it, of this. Is that it for your list? Yes. Yes, that's it for my list. All right. And True Blood's still on my shit list. <laughs> Tad, is that everybody? Did everybody go? I think so. Yeah. All right. So that's what we watched, and what we and our new segment, what we rant, what we rant, <laughs> what we wish there was something more I could have watched. Yeah, there you go. Yes. All right. So we should get into our films. What's our topic? Oh yeah, games. Games within movies. So, Andy, why don't you start us off? What's the first movie we're going to talk now that he's about? He's all tonight? warmed up. Yeah, now that's your good and ready to go. Oh yeah, I also saw Zombie Land and Adam's Family. So. Oh. Oh. oh, oh, oh! How is that Am's family? I'm really wanting to see that. I didn't it's, realize that was out. It was. It's actually. It's actually pretty darn good. I mean, it's got a good message. Uh, you know, don't judge people. It's. It's basically basically book by its cover sort of theme. Uh, you know, I mean, basically, you know, don't judge people because you know they're a little different and. But at the same time, the atoms fall into that category, too. Don't judge people because, you know, they're not, like, all gothic like you as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It was, it was cute. It was a good time. So, Okay. Cool. And then what's the movie we're going to talk about first? This this is this is awesome. This this now puts me <laughs> in a better mood because uh, I really really like this movie. We are going to talk about Brain Scan. Now that I have your attention, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Trickster. What was that film you were watching? Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh Lord. Michael's seen it. Go for it, man. Done it. Played it. Look, I've played them all. And just when he thought he'd die of boredom. Brain scan. The ultimate experience in interactive terror. Never leave home without it. <laughs> You're in the game, man. You're in control. You must think like a killer. Cover up any clues. Leave no witnesses, no evidence. A challenge he can't resist. It was so real. It was sick. See, I told you, man. I told you it would blow your mind. A game he can't escape. There was a grisly murder in the quiet suburban town of Mountview today. So you did it. What was on that disc? It's not a game anymore. Hamilton and Hayden. It's real. It wasn't supposed to be real. Real, unreal. What's the difference? I didn't kill the man. I didn't even know him. You're in this now. You won't survive on your own. Ah! You started this, and now you're afraid to finish it just like you're afraid of everything else. I won't kill her! Shoot her! Play it. The witness has to die. Edward Furlong, Frank Langella, and introducing T. Ryder Smith as the trickster. Brain scan. I can't wait to see what you do next. I want to start off by saying Aerosmith owes them a big, you know, Oh, my God. 
I, I wrote on my notes, who had the free box of uh, Get a Grip posters? Because they were in every room of every house. I know. The Aerosmith Get a Grip was like heavily promoted in this. But uh, this movie stars uh, Edward Furlong as Michael Brower. And uh, the backstory on him is that he, he had an accident uh, with his parents when he was younger. And... Um, he uh, hurt his leg really, really bad. So uh, Edward Furlong limps along. He walks a little funny, not because he's fucked up and he's Edward Furlong. It's like actually for the character. <laughs> um, but uh, basically he had a car wreck and his mother, uh, uh, his parents had the car wreck and uh, his mom died. And uh, he's, kind of, he's, a, he's kind of a horror outcast and, you know, He's got this friend named Kyle, and Kyle calls him uh, late one night, and he's home all alone because his dad is pretty absent because he's a businessman. So Mike has that house all to himself, and Kyle talk, keep, starts talking to him about this game called Brain Scan, and it's you know all interactive and everything. And Kyle's up in this room, and even as a forty almost almost forty year old man, I still want his room with all the shitty technology in it. But by, by this point. Um, and he's talking about how, how great this game is and pretty soon that, that phone call ends and turns out uh, old Eddie's kind of got like a voyeur perv thing going on with the girl next door uh, named Kimberly played by Amy Hargreaves I believe that's how that's pronounced and uh, she gives the impression that like she knows that she's being watched so she's almost kind of putting on a show for him. But, I mean, I think he's kind of clueless at this point in the movie. So, you know, time time moves on, and uh, he ends up calling and uh, calling this uh, brain scan uh, hotline in order to order this game. And he wants to know what it's all about. And eventually, you know, they say that it's this really, really uh, intense game and all this and that and he kind of he kind of pushes it off as far as i considered i think he goes into like some sort of like weird seizure like when he's sitting down and he's and then all of a sudden the uh the phone says okay uh your first disc will be ordered and then they they hang up on him and he didn't even give him their address um time passes by and uh Kyle uh, sorry excuse me uh Mike gets the game in the mail without literally, you know, uh, giving him the address. So he puts it in, and uh, basically he has to go on this killing spree and uh, kill every kill this neighbor without giving uh, giving away any evidence or leaving any clues and stuff like that. And he has to do it within a time lock in order to get out. So basically he does that and he has to do it with uh, a little bit of pizzazz per se. So he hacks off this guy's foot that has this tattoo on it. Then next morning he finds out about a murder that has actually happened in the neighborhood. And 
things take off from there, and it turns out he is the one that actually committed the murder through the game because he finds the said severed foot in his freezer. Then he starts freaking out, and through the television, through the game, comes this character by the name of Trickster. And I don't want to give it too much away, because I want to let you guys talk about it as well, but I have to say that Trickster, from what I can tell from watching the movie, is... He was Tyler Durden before there was Tyler Durden, if you guys catch what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, um, I'll, I'll pass it on to uh, any comments. Uh, Tad, you go ahead. You want me? I don't know. Um, man, this one was something that I've seen the box art. You know, I've, I've known of this movie for, I don't know, forever since I started getting into horror. I've never seen it first time watch for me. And, oh, wow. Um, I don't see myself watching it again. Oh, I, oh, I like, like it. No, I like Edward Furlong, but man, this was just like I like the concept. I like Furlong. Maybe it was the uh, the trickster. Something about him was just so painfully dated, and I don't know. I just did not like his character. I liked everything in between. Like it, I found it pretty tense when. You know, he was doing everything he could not to get caught, and he was trying to cover up and and um, tie up any loose ends, trying to avoid bloating the second disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I mean, I, I'm gonna sound like I hate it, but I think maybe I was in my head. I was like, man, I finally get to watch this one. I'm excited for it, and it didn't do what I wanted out of it. I don't know. Um, I did not hate it. I will be clear there. I I wouldn't even say I disliked it. I just didn't love it. So. Uh, but like I said, the, the scenes where in, in any movie, that kind of stuff always gets me when someone's, um, sort of on the run. He's the, the scene where he's at the, uh, crime scene. He hides down in the basement and the dog is sniffing him out and he's laying under the sheet. And, you know, there's so many scenes where he's about ready to get caught and that kind of stuff like gets me so anxious compared to, just like a slasher chasing somebody i don't know why but um yeah that it was effective in that way so that's good i i I would have to say that like either like edward furlong's character is like the osama bin laden of hide and seek or like all of his neighbors are like legally blind because there's like from the way that they had him positioned that he looked like he stuck out like a sore thumb man yeah except the detective who could find him like in a cornfield somehow like you just kept bumping into that detective like hey i know you i know you yeah Hid <laughs> from everyone but him yeah, yeah frankling I, jella yeah i like this movie i've always liked this movie i got to see it in the theater back in 94 oh, and cool. thought it was awesome um but i think i know where tad's coming from the movie is very dated watching it nowadays it's very dated from from the 1994 super high tech sci fi almost technology that is now so like outdated and lame by today's standards of his bedroom, um, but yeah. even still, there's like there's still things that like can you hook up your computer to talk like Igor and answer your phone calls for you and tell you who's on the other line? I don't know. 
But, uh, you know, and then the trickster who is, I mean, it comes from that era of everybody trying to find the next Freddy Krueger. And he is very, very much trying way too hard to be the next Freddy Krueger. I mean, uh, there's some things I like that the trickster does, you know, little things like eating the raw chicken and stuff like that. But uh, I like the way he dances to Primus. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and any, any movie that has <laughs> Primus on the soundtrack is okay in my book. But I think it even, not lifted, but um, it, uh, even the score, there's the piano walking kind of very similar oh, yeah. to Elm Street also. Yeah. yeah, but there's those, there's but there are those like super tense moments, I agree with, with Tad too, like, that are, that are really tense, it puts you in a really tense mood as he, because you don't want him to get caught and you just keep watching him kind of go down further down the spiral and you definitely don't want to get caught when the cop that's after you is Frank Langella. That, that's a guy I'd never would want to mess with. Skeletor, man. Fuck it's, with him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's well, I think I sort of put myself in his shoes like when I was a kid I would do something like oh I, I heard this is the most intense video game it goes from there and didn't didn't he actually say like his friend said he he saw it in Fangoria so that's where he called the number. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it wasn't, to me, it's like, if if you have something like this, that's this intense and crazy, you would think it would be more of an underground thing, sort of like another movie we're going to talk about that I won't spoil, but, um, you know, you think it'd be something that was, like, passed from friend to friend, like the, the ring tape or something, not something that, because if, if it's in Fangoria, like, he's one of, you know, thousands of, if not more, of kids ordering this thing and wanting to play it. Yeah, that's true. It's true. And, I mean, and I've always been an Edward Furlong fan as well. It's, it's a shame that he went the direction that he did, but all the movies from this era and before, I freaking love with him. Um, Pet Cemetery 2? I like Pet Cemetery 2. I fucking love that one. Oh, good. Was, yeah. Wasn't he in one of the Crow movies, too? He was the Crow at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I never did see that one. Like the third one, maybe. Yeah, I think I've only seen bits and pieces. He was in John Waters' Pecker, and I really like oh, that yeah. movie a lot. And he's oh, great yeah. in that movie. I don't know. Have you guys seen uh, what is it? Term Terminator Two. He's in that one, I think. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the hell's that? Detroit he Rock City. In, I love him in Detroit Rock City as well. Yeah, uh, he was in the Night of the Demons remake as well. Yeah, American American History X. Yeah. Oh yeah, duh. But anyway, yeah, that's that's my two cents. I I, I like this movie. I always love this movie. It's probably probably um, for nostalgia reasons. And you know, you talked about Fangoria magazine. The guy Edward Furlong and his friend are big horror guys, and. So I like that, yeah. yeah the spoke horror to, club, yeah, yeah. Spoke to me on that level, you know. But it does come off rather dated, and I'll I'll, I'll say, and I, we can get into it more later if you want. And give everyone else a chance to give their two cents before we get into it. But the ending, as much as that type of ending in a movie that I, I hate, to for me, even the first time I ever saw this movie, it's like it's a cheat ending that actually I. Th- feel like is the one time that makes sense and is excusable but then they kind of ruin it with the little very last little shot of the dog at the end but anyway uh who else 
I hate to say it, I, I, I'm definitely more in Ted's camp. It was, it was my first watch too, surprisingly. And yeah, it again. I, I agree. I don't think I hated it, but it didn't do it for me. I thought it was kind of the pacing was kind of awful and and just didn't. Didn't do it. Well, uh, this might interest you, Jason, music-wise. Do you know that uh, the composer was George S. Clinton? I saw that. A dog, (laughs) P-Funk. The music actually was very 90s horror movie music. It was very, uh, which was cool. I actually thought, actually, the music stood out a little bit. It was was pretty solid in a lot of spots. Um, But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know he, he wrote that. That's, that's kind of awesome. Also heard a little bit of white zombie on the soundtrack as well. Yeah. See, it was, what was it? Uh, thunder kiss or yeah. Thunder kiss 65. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have the soundtrack on CD even. Is it two discs and you have to play the second one? (laughs) (laughs) No, but every time I listen to it, I next thing I know, I'm I'm waking up in a pool of sweat, and there's a severed foot by my side. Yeah, and you have a white stuff on your chin. It's just milk, though. <laughs> oh yeah, him drinking that milk—that was gross. <laughs> uh, Grosser than he, the guy eating the raw chicken. Uh, kinda, yeah, kinda. He Things ate it like kind of like. He had it kind of like Cookie Monster does. Like, he doesn't really quite eat it. He kind of looks like he is. <laughs> what was that plate of shit that he had? It was like jello and bananas. Bananas and mustard. And mustard. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, Jason, I think, I think I'm kind of with you. I think there was a lot of... I don't mind dated movies. Uh, I can put myself back in the time. And, and video games were taking a quantum leap in ability because we were getting away from floppy disks and cartridges to what a CD could hold. And that was a, exponentially expanding what a, what a game could do and be. And a lot of people were freaking out about it and those things. So I thought the premise was really solid. I, I thought the whole lead-up was, was great. My biggest... I... I <sighs> I try not to judge a film based on what it wasn't that I expected it to be because I don't think that's fair to the art. But, and you don't have to explain everything to me. But my biggest whole thing in the in the flick was why, <laughs> like so, why this guy, why this video game, why this thing, how that how ha- I just I just was lo- I was waiting for a little bit to be explained, just a little bit, but it really never got explained. So I, oh, I kind of got to the end and felt like oh. Uh, like, why did that guy come out of the game? Like, what you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. why the why a game? Why not? I don't know anything. That, that's all. It, it's it's a small it's a small nitpick. The pacing was interesting. It only it showed the slashing stuff out of the first kill, and then never really did again. After that, it was implied and off camera completely. Um, and I think you're right. I think it tried to flirt with because because. Uh, I can't remember if Andrew or Mike or who said it before was uh, that the height of the suspense of not getting caught was a, was more, you know, up than than the slashing and the the killing parts and stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, it, 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 Furlong's character seemed to be totally cool with the fact this magical being sitting in his room five minutes after he met him. I was like, oh, this happens every day. It's totally cool. <laughs> Let's <laughs> talk to this guy. Uh, but uh, I thought the premise, I think there's a lot there. I think they left some stuff on the table a little bit as far as what, what it could have been. I, I think... I, I dug it. I dug the whole premise, and I dug the. I, I dug it, and I agree with the end. The end, I'm still kind of wrestling with. I'm not sure how because I, I'm with, I'm with you. I, I have that feeling toward those endings for sure. Uh, if they're done intelligently, like the Joker, where there's all these layers of interpretation, I'm all in. I'm all in. But when you just kind of pull the rug out from things at the end, not to do spoilers too much, but yeah, sometimes I'll be put off. But not sure how I feel on this one just yet. We'll see. Oh no, my way off. No, no, oh. I, I think the uh, trickster reminded me of like a an even meaner version or a shittier version of Maurice from Little Monsters. <laughs> yeah. He sort of looks like him, and he's just like a crazy lunatic that's fucking up his room. And it's like I wanted a little. I don't know. There wasn't. I don't know. The balance between humor and like what was really happening was weird with him. And like you said, I don't just don't get why. Like maybe it would have been more. I, I probably would have liked it more if he wasn't actually like a physical weird monster that came into his room. Rather, maybe it was like a, another voice, sort of like um, Igor or whatever his his uh, computer companion was. Like I'd rather just have like a voice coming in and and you know sort of antagonizing him and rather than I don't I just didn't I just didn't get why he was sort of like this monster thing. I don't know. That kind of stuff was cool though. It was almost the nineties version of war games. Like his rig was better than everybody else's rig. It was kind of showing you what the future could and was gonna be. I mean now we do that we talk to our computers all the time and tell stuff to happen. So that part, especially the beginning when they're setting up this kid and what he's done was great. My only other question was uh, I understand the mom died in the crash, but uh where was dad? <laughs> like, there's murders in the neighborhood, and he's on some business trip. Was, I, just, I just don't come home. <laughs> it's like at some point, wouldn't dad have come home? Anyway, it's all good. You, I was just—I understand why it's a device to get him out of the way, so all this, all the hilarity can ensue. Uh, but, but I just, you know. Well, I mean, if you, it's kind of a spoiler alert. If you watch the film, you'll find out why dad doesn't come home because. He kind of wakes up in the chair. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The end does it. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the end, while we're I'm wrestling with it, does explain some stuff and why it was kind of weird and in that way. And like you said, even my complaint, like, why did Edward Furlong, he's totally cool with this guy being in his room. Well, if the ending is to be believed, that it would explain it. So, uh, yeah, it kind of it kind of does help in those ways. That makes sense. Um, I mean, what's interesting... I just want to say an interesting tidbit about the writer of this film. He also is the screenwriter of a movie called Seven with uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I was hoping you guys would have. So, yeah, interesting that he went from this and then he also wrote Seven. So, I mean, he he's he's got a very uh, very creative mind, I think. Yeah. Go. Well, what's everyone's overall feeling on the ending? Like, I hate those type of endings, but I liked it on this movie. Why'd you like it on this one? Because it just it made sense. It made sense that the whole thing was was just was just the game. 
It seemed way more plausible than it just be like, oh, everything I just watched for two hours was a dream, you know? Yeah, that's different than, oh, you mean JR was dead the whole time and all this was, dr- I dreamed Dallas in its entirety? Like, this definitely was different than that yeah. kind of vibe. Well, my my interpretation of it is that this game unlocked a nastier part of uh, Edward Furlong's character's subconscious, which was, in turn, the trickster. Because he says, haven't you figured that out yet, Michael? I, I'm you. And um, basically, you know, him giving him, him giving the principal the game to, to review for the horror club because he shut down the horror club. Uh, basically, it's just like, okay, now he's going to play this game and he's going to be tortured, you know, mentally. And that's basically... Uh, but, but is the game going to give him a version of the principal in the principal's head? probably you know i mean i just think it's it's basically edward furlong giving the game to the principal is kind of like his trickster personality coming out i'm just like okay now here try this you dick you know basically it's it's the nastier part of himself you know and that's why the i think that's why the trickster sort of you know appeared and kind of winked and basically it's it's the nastier side of Edward's personality, you know, everybody has like an alter ego. That's why I called him like the Tyler Durden before Tyler Durden's. <laughs> Are all the kids and all the <clears throat> ordered it from Fango going to have the same ending? See, I don't know. I, I, I maybe not. Well, Kyle, he said like one kid had like a seizure <coughs> or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> good, Kyle. That's good. <laughs> Totally. But and that's the Buddy thing. <laughs> that's the thing, though, like, that, it, you know, I guess if I'm going to gripe about the movie, is I think the ending is good and it works because it's just, it, it's logical and it makes sense and it keeps things yeah. grounded in reality. Except for the fact when he orders the game in the first place, the phone gives him that freaky, weird out, weird, weird ass seizure. <coughs> and then the next thing you know, he gets the game in the mail with like what Andy said before. They didn't ask for his address or anything like that. So that moment is still gives it that out of reality supernatural element that I think makes the ending a little weaker. And yeah, then there's and then it's a plot, I, plot hole. Yeah, and then there's the stupid thing with the shot of the dog carrying the severed hand at the very very yeah. end. That's like why? Why did you put that there? You just got done telling us that none of this actually happened, and now you got the dog walking around with the severed hand. Yeah, that's that's. I got a problem with with that too. I'm so it's like basically it's like Team Mike versus uh, you know well you know Team Jason here you know, but it's three against two. So because I dig this film. Good. Yeah, I I I think I think that it was I think it's a for me good. I enjoyed it. I did not hate it. I do remember watching it back in the day, but it was so long ago. I think I saw it in Cinemax or something at two in the morning back in the day or something. But it is so. I might as well have just watched it fresh. I I remembered almost nothing Uh, when the trickster pop up. I'm like, oh, I remember that guy. I I've seen him. But I I think. It was good. It just, I think there was some potential here to really be great. Like, I think there was just a few missed opportunities, but it was no, it was no, I didn't, didn't hate it by any, any stretch. So I don't know if that's 
me on the fence or I have it's, no idea. I'm a fence setter. <laughs> it's it's definitely dated, but I mean, I think part of my um, you know appreciation for this film dates back to like probably when I was in high school, and I you know I watched it at like two or three in the morning, and I was just really enthralled because. You know, at around 1994, 1995, this was like, you know, good for its time, like in it tech wise. And I think that's why, why I just had such a love affair with it at the time. And I just I never stopped liking it. But, you know, it, and it might be, you know, just, you know, it might be that might be the case why I tend to like it a little bit better and why it's held up a little bit. But I don't know. But then again, Mike got to see it in the theater, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I still remember. Yeah. Going to the theater in Des Moines, seeing it. it was awesome. Okay, cool. Well, that should cover Brain Scan. Jason, what's the next movie we're going to talk about? The next movie we're going to talk about is from 2006, and it's called Stay Alive. Play this new game, man. Yeah? Seriously, it's creepy. Oh. Hello? Stay alive? Never heard of it. Yeah, this could be nice. Sweet Sebastian Bach, I want to play. Miller, you signed in yet? I'm here. All right, let's boot it up! The name of this game is Stay Alive. We don't know much else other than we're not supposed to have it. Whoa. You guys feel that? Hell yeah. Oh, what's that? What's that? Damn it, man, she got me. Some, some, some woman, man. Hey, somebody out there? Miller, who are you talking to, man? You play the game too long. You know, you start seeing stuff. Hello? Miller died the same way he died in the game. This can't just be a coincidence. I think you're right. You serious, man? Listen to yourself. Don't you get it? If you die in the game, you die for real. Anybody out there? Hey. Oh, Games become a reality. My God. should no. be called Stay Awake, because it's hard to stay awake through this one. Oh, oh Well, let me give you a quick synopsis. Uh, some teenagers decide to pass idle time by playing an online game that has a horror theme, but the action taking place on their computer screens becomes a terrifying reality when they realize that each time a character dies during the game, 
the figure's human overseer dies as well. Yeah, stay alive. Apparently, Ted says it sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, that would be me being nice about this one. Whoa! Holy shit! Damn! He really hated. I didn't this mind one. it. I'm I'm glad you missed our show covering it. My God, <laughs> just negative. Kidding. We missed you. I guess it, it's it kept it kept uh, Frankie Muniz's career alive for another day. Yeah, barely. <laughs> Damn. So, What's funny is he wasn't he's top billing because everybody knew him, but that's he was a secondary character. Like he I expected because he was at least on my direct TV and you hit info, uh it it he's first. So to only run into him thirty minutes into the movie was was interesting. I did not expect that, but they they killed what would now be their top billing, they kill him right away, like the Adam best Goldberg. Actor, he's freaking Goldberg. awesome in to see him in this. Me- Milo uh, is big on like this is us now. Milo Ventimiglia. I don't oh, remember how to, how yeah. to say well, that. Rocky Balboa's kid. I will yes. say maybe the worst character name ever. Swink Sylvania. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, <laughs> nobody has that name. Would ever have that name? That's a porn name. I like that's the, you. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Well, up, thanks. We just lost our Patreon supporter, Swink. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> to Twink. I'm so sorry. That's, I'm sorry. that's all right. That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll write. So Swink, I'll write Swink an uh, email later and explain. Sorry, I, I I take it that was his nickname, not God given name, and it was just an inappropriate nickname. The God given name is completely fine. It's great. <laughs> but still, fuck him. Who wrote that? Sorry, Sylvania is even makes it better. Sorry. Is he a light bulb? Is he an heir to the light bulb fortune or something? I don't know. It's funny because <laughs> they said his name and I hit info and I go down to cast and crew and I'm like, really? <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Never inviting me back. I feel like you screwed my Patreons up. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, I just pissed off a lot of True Blood fans. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If we have any Patreon supporters still after the things Andy says on this show, then you don't have to You're worry fine. about it. Anyway, so <laughs> so t- I'm really curious to hear what Ted has to say about this movie since uh, he was right out of the gate throwing. What do they call that? Well, is the kid say? Considering this one is what uh, 2006, it still it somehow feels more dated than. than <laughs> The brain yeah, scan. The graphics How of the game. Wi-Fi in the van. There wasn't even that was DSL days. How would he get that? <laughs> God, it was painful. Like this. Oh man, from the the performances, the gaming in the in the movie was god awful looking. Just oh man, the just the the dialogue. They were like calling each other, "You're gay," and oh, just so much in this one. I hated just. It's like, out of all the things to pick, Mike, why this? I thought maybe, maybe this would be one that Tad could just throw, like throwing on. Because Tad picks some really weird ones that he loves to just throw yeah. on and have in the background from yeah, this not, era. Not this one. Uh, I had it on, and Nikki came down, and she's like, what is this? I'm like... Uh, just you know, watching it. She's like, it's for the podcast, isn't it? She comes in <laughs> like every time I'm watching something. She just thinks that we watch. I, I'm pretty sure she thinks the podcast is just us watching bad movies on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> it had been a while since I gave you a real stinker like this one, though. Did you say so you agree this one's a stinker? Yeah, I'll get into mine in a minute. I wanna, well, is this made gonna, for for TV? I mean, this did this go? Yeah. No, it wasn't. I thought it was TV. Oh. oh no, that was our last movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, this that, had a big budget and it made money. Made lots of money. It tripled its budget. Are yeah. you kidding me? No, it. It was made for seven million and it made twenty three, twenty seven worldwide. Yeah, why didn't we get sequels of this bad boy? Because it's a bad boy. Yeah, it's not that yeah. bad. Okay. I didn't mind it. Defend it. I don't know how. <laughs> I, I, other than, you know, just, I I thought it is what it is. It's a, I mean, it's a mid-2000 movie. That's, it's a bootleg Darkness Falls Dead Silence ripoff. It's, it's a movie that's just like all the other movies from then, but I don't know. I thought it I thought it was like the most of the movies we watched, I thought it was the most in line with the theme of the episode. Like it is a video game and a movie. Like I, I even like I don't know if the graphics were which was worse, the graphics or the camera but like there were moments where I thought they did a good job blending the two between the two and going back and forth between the game and the and and real life and the kills and I thought it played real well with the theme of things. No, I'm I'm alone on this island. <laughs> it, well, oh uh, my gosh. Wait, is there anybody uh, else who liked uh, this one at all? Or? I I'll probably echo my cinemas the first. I think they had something here. I what I again yeah. and I don't maybe it's just me. I think uh, why? So my problem was I the backstory of of the antagonist was good and and actually added a lot to it. Now it was that was great that there's a local legend and 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 things went bad and and that's cool. That's that's fine. Uh, again, I got stuck on why a game. Why'd they get stuck in the game? Like, why is this this witch or whoever she? Why is she after? Why, why a game? They never explained it. It just it just was. It was hey, just. Hey, the tagline says there. it all. You die in the game. You die in for real. Well, I I get. It. I just well, thought like, why is she attacking people in a video game? Like, if she was alive yeah, hundred years ago, it's it's all. I I just I expected them to uh, explain it at, at some uh, point. Maybe uh, the video game people came in and scanned her house and. Uh, I I, her. I don't know. I agree with you 100%. I re- I had that moment during the mo- watching the movie. I'm like, why 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 is the video game part of this at all, you know? Because how, the game's based on the life Elizabeth- of the evil Countess Elizabeth Bathory who died like how many hundreds of years ago and now she's cursed she's she's a curse in the video game doesn't make any the sense. The characters, but I'm trying to tell well, you the uh, tie and you have to accept it. <laughs> Well, here's 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 the bit of the problem, Elizabeth Bathory. That they want to, you know, they want to tie this into real life. She was nowhere fucking near New Orleans. Okay, she yeah. was from Hungary. She's from Hungary. Yeah, that was my that was on my notes. I'm like, um, I don't believe Elizabeth Bathory lived on the plantation. There was a there was a woman that like tortured her slaves like in New Orleans. I mean, I can't I I don't I can't recall her name right now. But I mean, every slave like, owner. Well, no, she was she was like really more, you know, she was more kind of like this character, and she would like chain them to the walls and just like let them just starve to death, 
and, it was like within the city limits of New Orleans. And um, even if there wasn't a real person that did that, why why not just go ahead and tie it to to slavery and all that stuff in that time period that actually took place in the United States? Why bring Elizabeth Bathory into this whole thing? It, that, that just didn't make any sense to me. And how does that connect to yeah. video games? And uh, I wasn't hung up on the details of the history lesson. It's the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, since when well, do you it, care about the plot of movies? Right where it took place, like maybe that's the whole. They could have made that the point. Like, yeah, she lived in that area, but she's trying to escape to you know spread everything elsewhere. And hey, look, the video game does it. Yay! Uh, that could have been done. Uh, I thought that the movie really hit its stride. The the part that I really thought if they'd have leaned into this and maybe trapped someone in there uh, was when Swank figured out that the real life could manipulate the game and vice versa. And when he started going, uh, like, oh, I need something. He's like, there should be a crowbar in front of him. He started doing that kind of stuff. That was pretty cool. And I thought that maybe if they would have had some people trapped inside and some people outside trying to help them inside, that could have... I liked that piece, and that was pretty cool. And I liked how they leaned in. Had they leaned into that part with the game, the graphics wouldn't have made any difference. It would have been fine. Uh, But I liked that stuff. That was pretty cool. Like like I said, how he had Wi-Fi in 06 and a van. I don't know, but that's fine. Just move past that. It's fine. But yeah, I liked that stuff. That stuff was cool. I mean, I do appreciate that... A, a bunch of studio execs allowed a bunch of third graders to write and edit a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Maybe, that's maybe worse than Furlong, Ted. Maybe, maybe Furlong's Horror Club wrote it. <laughs> I, I, I no, think that's really noble of them to do that. That's all I'm saying. I thought the editing was super clunky in this. Like it's just jumping around all over the place. And the and the characters' motivations, um, and personalities are so inconsistent through the whole movie. Like the brother, um, uh, Finn, uh, he is like not believing in this whole thing at all. And it only ever gets brought up once with him. And I like that actor too, by the way. The whole time yeah. I couldn't remember what else I've seen him in, though. Um, in uh, West, it's always it's sunny. Oh. He's McPoyle. Duh. Yeah, okay. He's also in Gravy and in Westworld. I still haven't seen Westworld. Need to do. I had Gravy with my dinner. So, I, uh, but like, so there's that moment when he's just like, you you know, saying fuck you to to everybody and like doesn't believe that the game, even though it's only been brought up once at this point, he's like, yeah, that's bullshit. You know, the game. You know, the game can't have anything to do with anything. And then there's the moment when he um, is run off the road and right before he's killed, and they're on the phone with him, and he's and and they're like, don't worry, you didn't die in the game. And he's like, yes, that's right, I didn't die in the game. And I'm thinking, why are you so excited? You don't believe in any of this anyway. Why? And then he died anyway. <laughs> and then he died anyway. And then it's like, oh, this is how he died in the game. Wait, you, you just got done saying he didn't die in the game. When did I miss that he died in the game? It's like it felt like there was chunks of movie missing here. Like there were scenes that either were not shot or it was just badly edited because because people would jump from like um, 
would like one opinion to the other. They would be like full on believing one second and then in total denial the next second. With nothing in between that to explain how they would come to a different conclusion. And his you know, I, and for me the Finn character was the worst for that, you know, especially with his death. Like at no time did I, it ever say anywhere that he died in the game and now all of a sudden because he ran over by the carriage, then he supposedly died in the game the same way. I checked on yeah. IMDB, and there's actually two different uh, cuts of this film. There's the, uh, I believe we saw the PG-13 one, and there's an R-rated one as well. So hmm. that could, it might be explained in the R-rated version. Guys, let's rewatch it. I would hope so. Oh. Honestly, I would rewatch the R-rated version just because I need some, I need some closure on this. <laughs> I don't want well, the... Well, I don't want the Helen Keller edit. I want the uh, <laughs> wow. I want the R-rated version that actually explains the, every, everything that's going on and give proper character motivations. I uh, I want to know minutes. how exactly his out uh, and this these are in uh, Finn's word. My whip got stuck when literally his like his car's like halfway still on the road when it's parked. You know, I was just like, how did you get stuck? There's yeah. no possible way that that car, even a shitty old Pontiac Fiero that he's driving, there's no way. <laughs> and no, the, enough. The other one was Pontiac. when he got run over. When he got run over by the carriage, uh, when he got out of his car, they like all got in a car and went over to meet him. And apparently, no human passed the area <laughs> in however long it took them to get there. As he's just laying in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they yeah. pick up roadkill faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry if we're throwing shade. I figured, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I also couldn't. Uh, I also couldn't stand the, de- the detective in this. This is such a such a stereotype of detectives in in like horror films. Of like, obviously, he was very suspicious of of Hutch. Him and him and his partner, especially when. Hutch has literal alibis for every death. Like, all of his other friends could, when his boss was killed, when Adam Goldberg was killed, and he said that he was, you know, playing playing the game with his friends at another location, his friends were right there to be able to say, yeah, that's true. Not to mention the fact that they're all looking, the cops are looking at him funny after Finn's death getting run over by a horse and carriage when he's got an alibi for that too they were driving to the location and he was with all these other people when finn was getting killed how is he, he a suspect and he wasn't in a horse and carriage either on the way there exactly i just don't <laughs> understand how the cops were like especially especially the main detective's partner who was who seemed all about it blaming it on hutch and it just didn't it didn't make any sense. Like if any of the deaths that you could probably, you know, blame Hutch for would would have been when October died, and 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 again, all these names in this movie are, are stupid. October. There's a Loomis. Come on. Yeah, Loomis and is his the last, last name. Hey, hey, last hey! You're, you're throwing shade at our, our uh, October on our Patreon. I'm I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, October. Anyway, but because he he's the only, he's the only one around when he finds her dead, and then he's covered in her blood. 
So he could have been a suspect for that one, but none of the others, when the cops are all like, hmm, maybe this Hutch kid did it. I don't know. I don't know. That just drove me nuts. It's such a stereotype in horror films where like the, the main protagonist is being looked at for the murders by the cops, yeah. but it makes no sense in this movie. I have a uh, I have a question. Uh, since uh, Finn didn't uh, die in the game, right, uh, and he got murdered, what about at the beginning of the movie where, uh, gosh, what was his name? The the Milo character, Milo's character, the uh, uh, Loomis Crowley. Uh, Loomis, yeah, Loomis Crowley. Uh, his roommates get gutted. Well, his roommate and his girlfriend, the guy that was doing her with a pig mask on, they get gutted, and they didn't even—they were even nowhere near the game. They didn't even know. They didn't even know about the game, and they get killed too. Oh shit! That's a good point. I just did, oh, yeah, forgot about right. all that too. Oh my god! The movie even makes less sense. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's just like it's breaking its own rules, man. And that's that's one thing that's like a real big pet peeve with me in movies. It's like yeah. if you're established, if you're making all these rules that you have to abide by, and then you're breaking your own rules, just man, I don't even I I don't have time for you, that crap. You can do it by saying, I mean, you could ramp it up if you flip it. The, at first, people are dying in the game, and oh shit, now people around us that aren't playing the game are dying. You can ratchet stakes up if you do it that way. But you're right, I forgot about that. The beginning of the movie walks that way. Then everyone dies in the game. Then in the middle of the road, someone gets run over who didn't die in the game but i guess he did but maybe he did we don't know and then you know yeah i didn't think of it that way yes yeah yeah i hate it worse now thanks i do what i can at the end of the day i just think it was very poorly written and not thought all the way through i will give it props i thought the performances were good and i thought it was a great cast i loved seeing a lot of these actors show up like adam goldberg and and oh, yeah. um and uh what's his name again from Frankie Always Moon Sunny? Oh, uh, and him too. Oh. You know, and, Jimmy Simpson. And I and I liked how um uh Frankie um uh, uh, did did his character. It was a, a kind of almost and I don't I don't mean this bad but almost, I I took his character as almost being on the spectrum. <laughs> Yep, that's right. I, I didn't no, mean I, it actually, to be I think funny. The editor was on the spectrum. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said the editor was on the spectrum. Yes, that's right. <sighs> but yeah, so I'll give props to the to the cast. Just everything else was <laughs> they just didn't have much to work it's, with. It's a very interesting idea. I will give that to them. It's just the uh, the execution was it just fell it's fell flat with me. But uh it's like what Scott said with like using elements within the game and leaving the crowbar. That that I found that I found interesting, but that's probably the only real positive thing I got to say uh about this movie. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a big fan. Uh PG thirteen or R. This is probably the only time I'm watching this. So sorry. And there's other things that were like set up in the game world, like the thing with the rose. I mean, it came back, but mm. I just thought it'd be a bigger thing because they seem to seem to be such a a big highlight in the game. You know, yeah, like damn near drug a rose bush into the room later. Like <laughs> they they leaned into that pretty like. Oh yeah, I guess they I, did. I thought it got I thought it got a little. T- 
cheesy by the I, I, I like it as a game element. It makes fun. There's always kinds of weird things that keep the whatever away in a video game. And for it to be real life, it was fine. And then in the end, they're like lying in rose bushes on purpose. Uh, it was a little, a little weird. But. but maybe I missed it. Did the mirror thing ever come back? Yeah, uh, it killed the. Well, yeah, it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it almost it, killed her, didn't it? It vanquished our villain, I guess. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. That might have been he when took, I like, off. The, the, <laughs> the back of the laptop, right? Yeah, the Alienware got some love. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. But I, I played this movie uh, in, in my house on the big screen, and actually all of my plants wilted when it saw this film. <laughs> so. Who picked this movie? Mike. I did. I was trying to do something different. Yeah. That you did. You did. Not really. He did the same thing, which is always picks at least picks one shitty, shitty movie. Yes, movie. <laughs> I felt I was doing good for such a long time. Yeah, it's all over. good, man. You have to. You can't like everything. That's true. No. No. Well, speaking of likes, I'm I'm, I'm hoping everybody's into this. To the last movie we're going to talk about, Tad. What's the last movie we're going to talk about? Our last movie is 2012's Would You Rather, and. Um, I would rather watch this every day than watch either of the other two. <laughs> this, this movie was awesome. Iris Shepard Lambert. Dr. Barton's told me much about you. Your brother. He's quite sick. You can help him. I'm hosting a dinner party tomorrow night, and I'd like you to join us. I mean, there'll be other guests there. People who just haven't received a fair shake in life. And the evening will culminate with a game. A contest. Each player will be given a choice between A or B. What the hell is this? Decision making in its rawest form. Would you rather electrocute yourself? Oh no, I see where this is going. Or? I don't think I can do this either. 15 seconds. Go. No. No, I can't do that. You must make the no. decision. It's the game. What the fuck is the matter with you people? Would you rather... You think? Fuck! Light the fumes! I think it's That's an IFC, good. yeah. It IFC was, yeah. Movie, um, has a great cast. The the story's pretty simple. We we are introduced to a character named Iris. Her we're sort of established that she's taking care of her younger brother as almost a uh, motherly figure cooking for him and taking care of him in his daily life because he's sick and she's doing everything she can to try to keep up with bills and keep him well and, and find a solution for his illness and help get him back to health. And she goes and visits a doctor who introduces her to a very awesome Jeffrey Combs yeah. as a rich sort of 
I don't know how to even explain it because we don't we don't know at the time what his story is, but we know that he's offering her a solution to just show up for dinner. And as a an avid horror watcher, I know that it's going to get good when yeah. he when he invites her over for dinner. Hmm. Um, and when they arrive for dinner, we get to meet the rest of the awesome cast, which has some great veterans. John Hurd is in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you may remember him from a little film called Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. That's your go-to. Uh-huh. Yes, Home Alone. Um, there's Sasha Gray, which I won't mention. I don't know any of her movies. I don't know where I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I've never I have seen no her. idea what I've seen her in. I have no idea. Yeah, um, doesn't even look familiar. Never, no, never. No. Not with her clothes on. Not like that. So I had to look up her name. You know, I wasn't sure who it was, but... Um, there's also Rob Rob Wells, who many people would recognize from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, just some a really awesome ensemble cast, and everybody sort of plays a a unique to them role. Uh, we have June Squibb. I'm trying to remember. I, I think I know her from um, Nebraska, and she's in a couple oh, yeah. other. Things. She's in a lot of stuff, actually. Yeah, but uh, just such a cool cast. I was really surprised to see it, so many faces i recognized when she walked into that dinner and um as you can guess from the poster and the and the title and you sort of i mean this this isn't a new concept but it's it's very well done here when they arrive this rich asshole is basically throwing his money around to get these people who are in desperate need of that money to do fucked up things to each other uh and we sort of see we, we get to know the characters by how they treat themselves, treat others, uh, and what decision they make. He gives them a would-you-rather, and it's like, would you rather do this to yourself or do that to another person? And so we sort of establish who's who's out for themselves, who's got a conscious, who's, uh, who desperately needs this more than others. And I, man, I had a blast with this one. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to expect at all, and... I this is like a new favorite. I really enjoyed the hell out of this one. Uh, I, uh, Jeffrey Combs just kills it. Oh yeah, yes, top and everything. Form. But, yeah, yeah, but I got perfect role yeah. for him. I gotta say that um, I think I could take that Julian kid down to the ground and punch him in the face <laughs> for four hours and, and still not get tired of doing it. And that's why he did a great job. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Like I just despise that little shit. Yeah, I uh, I ended up um, I, so for I made a lot of notes on on this one for sure. Jeffrey Combs stole the movie. He had to carry the movie, and he did fantastic. He's got that certain level of creepy while he's just talking normal that isn't creepy, but it seems like there's something behind it. And he did fantastic. He's a good character actor. But I thought he really leaned into this. He, I thought he did really well with this material. I thought this was wildly intelligently written. Um, even in the ten minutes it takes to set up Iris and her situation, they they put in all these short little things, like a quick phone call from someone saying she didn't get a hostess job. Little things to show you how bad things are. Yeah. Um, I think the motivations of the characters are completely believable in every form. Like if if you were going to lose your brother and lose everything after losing your parents, there's a sold sign on the house. If anyone didn't notice, she's literally at rock bottom, and someone who she trusts, the doctor. Says no, you should do this. 
I bought all of that. I thought it was fantastic. Um, what was the best part for me was watching the choices and the calculations that everybody had to make. You got Amy going, fuck y'all. I'm, I'm <laughs> and then everyone else is trying to be respectful, but logical, but work it kind of out. I liked all of that stuff. That was fantastic. Um, I thought the way they, John Hurd's character went out, spoilers, was shocking. It was, yeah. there was not one hint that if you got up, anything would happen and want, oh shit. Um, I also liked the very first challenge. I'll give you money to eat the steak. Mm-hmm. That's cool because it's just fucked up enough. It's just enough that no one would do that, that you realize something's off here. Right. Right. And then it's it obviously, yeah. it's, it's like not rude, but it's rude. And it's, it's one, it's, it was brilliant. I just, I thought that was brilliantly written. I really, I, I really love that. We'll get to the end in a, in, in a while, I'm sure, but I wanted to say something at the end. But this I had seen before. I had watched this before, actually on IFC. Uh, I've still got DirecTV, and uh, it this was by far the best of the three. This thing was good. This thing was legit good. I I agree with you on the uh, the steak bit, Scott, because it's just it's messed up. It's messed up enough. But it's just tame enough to get a good start and to make things escalate. I mean, you right. don't say, okay, you don't just say, okay, stab this guy in the leg, you know, for starters, right. or or p- punch this guy in the face for you know fifty bucks, you know. Uh, it's it's just tame enough. I mean, because it's just he's he's not like you know, he's not asking her to pull out her fingernails or any of that shit. He's just like, I'm asking you to eat like a bite of meat. But right. it's like totally against, but it's, but at the same time, it's totally against her scruples. So, I mean, it, it's just a, it's a great little way to start, to start out. And well, the I next one was even, yeah, the next one is even great because now you're telling him to take a drink and you know that it, it's just, it's almost the same as the vegan thing, except it's not. And he might be in some real trouble if he goes down this road. You yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like he ratches it up just a minute, just a bit, just a bit to show you he's still a little fucked up before the, everything really, really starts. And both of those choices were were fantastic. It was just enough to let you know something's really getting weird here. Yeah, and I thought it was it was awesome how it's like every time you thought they they might be sort of outsmarting him, which it's tough because he's there and you can't really talk amongst yourselves behind his back but they were like you know they were sort of giving the lashings to that guy at the beginning and then he sort of turned it was like they, they thought they had him figured out well if you know i'll just stab myself and not give him the lashings and it was like that he kept being the option of him lashing him lashing until he was pretty much you know until they killed him and he put them in a corner like every time they thought they they found a, a loophole or a way around completely murdering each other they found a a way he found a way to outsmart them and sort of turn the table on them and make it just awful yeah i totally agree with what everyone's saying too it just uh it was just one heck of a it was the 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 up part of a roller coaster just kept going up and up and up and up and it was fun to see how it was going to play out and you know, it was all due to the power of Jeffrey Combs' mustache, and <laughs> I'm I'm beginning to to think that you know the 
this movie is done so well, and but yet the premise of it is so simple that if this movie was made to like you know say 50 60 years ago i could easily see vincent price in jeffrey combs's role oh yeah you know sure. just all these characters you know just sitting at this and i, I just think it, it it could this could easily have been a remake but i mean it's just it's it, but yet it's so well done you know just you know in, it's in not present really, day it's, well it's not really an original concept but it's definitely no. its own thing and that's pretty cool well, that was my thing. If this could almost be its own subgenre, because I can think of a couple other films You're within this vein. Rich guy. What's that? Have you seen Cheap Thrills? Cheap I thrills. love. I was going to bring oh, that up. Yeah, Cheap I mean, Thrills. Yeah, I love similar. Cheap Thrills. Uh, I think Cheap Thrills cemented my my um, man crush on Ethan Emery. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I I really love this movie too. You know and. Anytime you put Jeffrey Combs in a picture, it's awesome. And it was a great, great meaty part for him. It was so cool just watching him trying to be, you know, trying to stay, you know, proper and stuff. But when he had to be demanding too, you know, you just, you just, you know, kind of wanted to cower in the corner kind of thing. Um, all the performances were great. The challenges were, were fun and tense Ooh. and crazy. Um, you know, I, I thought his, I thought the fact that Combs' character also had a moral compass that you could see, he like he had polite. a real, he, was very... he had a re, right, he had a real moral compass. It was jacked up over here on the side, but yeah. you know, when his son <laughs> tried to take advantage of Iris, he's like, "We're not doing that." I'm really sorry. Like he was, he was embarrassed. He kept being embarrassed by his son. We don't do that. Like he treat the creepy part was he kept treating them all with a lot of respect. At the same time of doing all the sicky shit to him. And that was half for me what made it all crazy creepy by him. That's a great point. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what else to really add other than, man, was that very final, that final scene in the movie uh, kicking the nuts or what? Not oh sure yeah, I like yeah. the ending. A whole, uh, I, I like it because it gave you that whole mist where, you know, they just, they don't, They've they've taken you through this roller coaster ride, and you think you're safe at the end, and then you have one last drop, you know. So did you have a? Uh, I wanted to even, talk about the. Sorry, yeah, go just, ahead, go real, ahead. just real quick, um, and they don't even give you a chance to breathe on. Just don't give you a chance to reflect on that. It's as soon as that happens, boom, credits. Anyway, what were you gonna say? No, I was the the end. Her choice, what she did. Did that, like what she did at the end of the game, did that completely shock you? Did anyone have a real problem with that? Like, oh, that's not what Iris would do or whatever. I had a, uh, I had a unique take, but what did, what did everyone think? Because that was the shocking part of it. I kind of knew it was going to be a bad ending. Like, I kind of saw that coming because in the late 90s and 2000s that that became in vogue to have kind of not so great endings. And I kind of figured, yeah, something's been going on back home. Uh, I didn't know he'd do it himself on purpose, but I thought something probably happened to it. But what did you think of the ending when she made the choice I think that she did? I think she was just quiet enough through the whole movie that we didn't know, so I wasn't shocked. I mean, like, I wasn't surprised. You know, like, I I believed that it was in her. I wasn't Because shocked. she was quiet and she didn't, I don't know. I wasn't shocked either because I go back to I go back to Cheap Thrills. Cheap Thrills 
yeah, kind of the same, do. almost the exact same ending, you know, and and uh, her character and um, Pat Healy's character in Cheap Thrills, you know, kind of the same thing where they're just like everything is going wrong and they they really do need that money. So it, I jumped. It was abrupt, <laughs> like oh, the guy's still trying to, I, you know, say his piece and. And he starts telling his backstory, which I'm at that moment. I'm like, okay, let's hear it. I want to know your story. And then he doesn't even get to finish it. Well, I was under the impression that they were still under a time lock. And if she doesn't make her decision, you know, she's kind of screwed. And plus, you know, if you're under the time lock, the last thing I want to hear is, you know, if if I'm going to die... The last thing I want to hear is some other guy's sob story trying to make me, you know, hesitate, you know, my decision, you know, to kill him. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I was just like, okay, I have to shoot you now because I don't want to hear this. You know, I don't want my emotions getting in the way of, you know, because if my emotions get away, that's less time that I have to make the decision or Bevan's behind me is probably going to put a bullet in my head anyway. So I kind of understood why she did it. And so abruptly and so quickly, because I mean, she once she once she put the gun down, she immediately she showed regret. I mean, she wasn't like malicious about it. But no, if it's me but, or you, it's going to be me. No, but I well, don't think there was. Any, I don't think there was any. I don't think there was any life stakes involved because it was either you shoot him or you guys both leave with nothing. Oh, that's right. That's right. Here's okay. the here here's the thing I think's unwritten and they never said it and they never got into it, but I think if she doesn't make that choice, they're both dead. They're oh, witnesses yeah. to murders. Oh yeah. They're never being allowed to leave. But Very by good. making but by making her do that now she's now an accessory. Now, now there's something on her and she can't talk. And I, I figured and she never said it, but as I was sitting there, I was like either one of you's walking out or neither of you are. Because they, they're never gonna let you just get up and go, Oh, never mind. Bye. Like now, uh, that's never going to be allowed to happen, right? So that's where I, my brain. Went. Exactly, and, and and the other stakes I thought maybe is like if she said let's walk, then my thought was like Jeffrey Combs was going to give him a chance at that same question, and no, who's to say so, yeah. he wouldn't have choose to shoot her? So. Um, all in all, I I really like this movie. Um, it's it's movies like this that make in general that kind of make me question my own scruples, you know, because I kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm serious because I mean, I, yeah, which I character of, are I, you around the table? Are you Sasha yeah, Gray? Which is it? Yeah, Andy, he's uh, definitely Sasha Gray. <laughs> yeah, if it's uh, they say stab yourself in the leg or watch True Blood, um, <laughs> God, we get it back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better give me that knife. Saw off your uh, foot or watch um, whatever that... Brain scan? Stay, stay alive again. Oh. Clounter ghost. Um, Come on. No, man, uh, because... <laughs> I, I, I really, really, it bothered me because um, I'm, I'm almost... Uh, I'm going on almost 13 years sober, and then he's, like, waving, like, 10 grand of a wine glass in front of me. I'm just like... Shit, you know, I start to I start thinking to myself, ten fucking G's to take a gulp of wine. I could, you know, I used to be able Ugh. to do that like nothing. And I'm thinking, like, God damn, I'm just like, I don't like what this movie's doing to me right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
uh, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's if it's pulling that kind of emotion out of me and kind of messing with me a little bit, I know that it's doing its job. So I know that it's very effective, and I know that it's doing what it's set out to do. So uh, I really, I really enjoyed this movie. So I'm glad I watched it last. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it was the last one I watched. No, I watched Stay Alive last. (laughs) Damn it. It's a good one. On Netflix. All right, so those are our those are our movies that we're going to talk that uh, we talked about. Uh, any honorable mentions from anybody? Oh yeah, as far uh, as games, game movies. Yeah, I think Cube is underrated. I love Absolutely. Cube. Definitely. Absolutely. I don't know if it's a game. I mean, it's kind of a game. Kind of. It's a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I really dig that one. I haven't seen that near enough. Game. I uh, was thinking, obviously, Cheap Thrills, uh, Cabin nope. in the Woods. They're oh, unwillingly yeah. playing a game. Well, yeah, and the, well, they're, yeah, the people in the office are placing bets on them, yeah. Yeah, um, I would say hmm, Battle Royales, technically. I mean, they put them in there and they have to compete to, to live. Nope. Good point, yeah. Ready or not. Which we can't talk about because Mike hasn't seen it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Running Man. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Truth uh, or Dare. I don't care what you guys say. I like that one. I like that one. I yeah, still well, haven't uh, seen it. Yeah, it's no, it's it's okay. I have good. It. Better than Stay Alive, damn it. <laughs> it's not a high bar, though. Little, it's not a high bar. little ode to my childhood here, and it's not, not the new one, but uh, the old one, Tron. Oh, good. I mean, yeah, it's not horror, but it's that's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great pick. It's a game. If okay, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna <laughs> go like that, then um, Last Starfighter. Oh, okay, yeah. Faux shizzle. Oh, I got a good one. Is anybody? Am I the only one in the world that has seen this <laughs> anthology film? It's called Nightmares. Mm, I, don't, I don't think I haven't uh, seen yep. it. Uh, apparently. Um, it's got it. It's such an unknown, uh, unknown anthology film. But, and I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But I remember being really super cool. I think it's got like four stories in it, and it's got an interesting cast. Emilio Estevez is in it. Lance Hendrickson is in it. And the oh, awesome. Em- the Emilio Estevez segment is um, him. You know, playing this arcade game, and he gets—if I remember right—he gets sucked into the arcade game. That's all I remember. Anyway, yeah. good story. Yeah, let's uh, save some for the shoutouts. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think none of them happen if War Games doesn't become a thing. Uh, War Games was probably the ultimate first video game wanting to kill people on accident, kind of, sort of, <laughs> but uh, not horror by any stretch. But oh, I was gonna say like. Jocks, more, or was that more lucky? So joysticks? No, oh. the jocks. joysticks is awesome. The it's not called Even jocks. Though this the the eighties teen sex comedy where they they're tennis players. No, oh, I thought they were in giant robots and they had to fight each other. Oh, robot jocks! Oh, robot jocks! Robot jocks. There you go. Good and, one. Uh, uh, this kind of weird, oddly it ties it. 
ties it together, Jeffrey Combs has a cameo in that movie if you pay attention. Of course he does. It's a uh, Stuart Gordon movie. Stuart Gordon movie, yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, here's, here's, here's a little obscure one, and it does involve a uh, video game, and they have to play it because there's spy secrets in it. Um, does anybody remember the uh, Dabney Coleman and Henry Thomas movie Cloak, Cloak and, and Dagger? Dagger yes, should be in the Hall of Fame. That should be in the <laughs> Library of Congress's movies of genius. I sh- you, you get twenty points for thinking of that. And holy shit, I grew up with that movie on a on Last Starfighter and Cloak and Dagger on a loop in my house. Probably. Uh, yeah. I had not seen Cloak and Dagger until for the until like the first time a year or two ago, and I just remember. Um, Finding the two pack of, it was like a two disc set of it and wizards. Um, wizards. So another good video, video game movie. But uh, um, but I wanted to watch Cloak and Dagger really bad after I had learned that. Um, um, Snap them fingers all you want. Oh I God! Just, uh, director I, of Fright Night. Tom Holland. Tom, after uh, I learned yeah. Tom Holland wrote the script. I love the fact that uh, Sheriff Wydell wants uh, Henry Thomas to go get him Twinkies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. William, well, who William, Forth- William Forsythe? Yeah, yeah. Flack Lady Ace. I, I, I'm telling you, I've memorized that damn thing. <laughs> Jack Flack escapes. How can he escape? I'll give you a gas mask and like, bulletproof vest. It's no fun. Oh, my God. I've memorized that damn thing. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, God. It's so good. Ugh. All right. So... That that that's it for uh, the main part of the show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be doing some segments here on Attack of the Killer podcast. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And it's segments time here on the show. Let's start off, as we always do, with some shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 Everybody's favorite segment, shout-outs. We asked, what are your favorite horror-related, game-related horror movies? And on Facebook, we got Johnny Zuko says, House on Haunted Hill Remake. Yeah, it's okay. It's a game. I mean, the whole I, thing. I prefer the original, but right, totally. Oh yeah. Good job, uh, Johnny. Uh, Chris Anderson says brain scan. Woo! Nice. Hey, we got Attaboy. Melissa. Melissa Podliska says subterrano, subterrano, subterrano. Huh. I don't know what that it's is. It's awesome. Mel posted it something is. and a movie I've never even heard of. Huh. Yeah, I me neither. She, she must have made it up then. It's no. It's probably no God Monsters of Indian Flats. Ah. Oh, man. Uh, Derek Johns <laughs> says Resident Evil. 
Brain Scan is my favorite movie about a video game. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Derek. Yeah. Uh, we got Mike Reeb, the Reebster. Oh, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy, we missed you. Mike Reeb. Yeah, we did. Aw. Mike Reeb says, Would you rather with Jeffrey Combs was great. Yeah, it was. Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse is a blast. And for it. I know I'm probably in a minority, but I really liked Hellraiser Hellworld. Yeah, you are in a minority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard no one say that ever before. <laughs> Anyone, no one can defend that one? Hell nope. world? I nope. I haven't seen it actually. To be fair, I should probably watch it again. There's always uh, been a part of me that wants to go through them. I kind of been thinking through that whatever. Too. I did buy recently buy a two pack. Oh yeah, that had Hellraiser three and um, Bloodline, which is good. I yeah, I like Bloodline. Yeah. I don't care. I like it better. I like it better than three. Okay. I, I saw Inferno, and then after that, I just wanted to punch myself in the nuts yeah. for doing that. True that. And then, lastly, on Facebook, we got Nick Leadham. He says, I remember liking Cube as a kid. Heck oh, yeah. yeah. Cube's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And then Battle Royale, if that counts as horror, sure. I think we'll count it. Crossover. And then he says, Hellraiser has a puzzle in it. Sure does. So I guess that counts. The the, the lament configuration. That's right. Well, if we're gonna for you to say, if we're gonna be detailed like that, then pieces. It's got a puzzle in it. There you go. And we know Tad just watched it. That's right. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Nothing in the in the Facebook group. I don't know what's going on over there with them kids. Man, must be sleeping. Uh, nothing on Twitter, but over on Instagram, we got uh, we got backlot six oh five. They say live scream. Holy shit! Never heard of that. Anybody mm-hmm. live scream? Not me. That's two we got to look up now. Damn it! And then you know this other guy, this Evrun forty two Evan Runkle. Hey, what's up, buddy? Oh no, Evan. Oh man. He says Beyond the Gates is pretty great. Holy shit! How did how did I not think of that movie? Yeah. I would have put that on the list okay. if that would have came. If I would have, yeah, we would have loved that. to watch Barbara instead of Barbara, those first yeah, two movies. Right. I really like that one too. I mean, it's yeah. a little slow in the middle, but yeah, oh, and it, it really kind of reminds me of that Nightmare board game that I mentioned. Exactly. I think that's why I like like the movie because it's just so nostalgia for the old VHS board games. Well, that's what we got for shout outs. Remember that you can always call in at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. If someone did, we'd put it here. If not, give us a call. We'll read we'll play your voicemail on the show. And that's shout outs. But uh, now it's time for everyone's 30-second favorite segment the on fuck? the show. It's Insane's Picks. Insane's Picks. Insane's Picks. Insane's Picks. What? 
30 seconds. It can't be first. That's my segment. Well, on this Insane's Picks, uh, we're going to do a short film from the year 1989, a little film called The Resurrection of Michael Myers Part 2. You're asking yourselves, what? what? Yeah, it's a fan film. You can find it on YouTube. It's like 27 minutes long. And this is probably going to be my favorite movie I've ever described before on the show. We'll get we'll get to that. It's it's off the hook. It's bizarre. Anyway, it's a short film from Sweden, shot on video, uh, directed by Richard Holm and Henrik Wadling. Uh, the film is all in Sweden with no subtitles, so I have no idea really what's going on. So, but this is my interpretation of what's happening. Here we go. It's New Year's Eve, and everybody is having a party. Uh, one of the guys at one of the parties is wearing a Michael Myers mask. He's trying to touch this girl's boob. She takes his mask off and throws it on the ground. And it just lays on the ground for a good part of the movie. Then a lightning storm starts, which I guess the lightning <laughs> hits hits the party because the Michael Myers mask now all of a sudden um, starts crawling away, crawls into another room, and Michael Myers appears out from the room and then goes around killing people at the party. Meanwhile, at the hospital, a doctor and a slutty nurse are making out and accidentally spill toxic waste on a Fangoria magazine, which brings Leatherface and Jason Voorhees to life. They go around <laughs> killing everybody in the hospital. Killing everybody in the hospital. Meanwhile, another doctor and another slutty nurse find a dead body randomly on the ground. And he he tries to check the guy's vitals while this, while this other slutty nurse unzips the pants of the dead guy and sticks her hand down his pants, which brings the body back to life as a zombie and eats the doctor and the nurse. Jason and Leatherface continue to chop girls' clothes off, and then they have a big face-off with this kung fu zombie. And then As Michael Myers does. is still going around killing people. So this is the greatest um, movie ever made. It kind of is. I'm fucking watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's only 27 minutes long. Of slutty nurses and zombie erections. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that, it, it kind of feels like there's... Um, <laughs> There's not as much Michael Myers in the movie as everything else that's going on, right. but it's it's there. Um, check it out again. It's only like twenty five minutes, and cramming all of that into twenty five minutes, Whoa. it's utter madness. So it's the Resurrection of Michael Myers Part Two. Uh, you can the, find it in full on YouTube. That's insane. The Resurrection of Michael Myers, apparently. <laughs> right. Yes. So that's it for. Uh, that's wow. it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Um, Scott, thank you so yes. much. Thanks for being on, yep. Scott. Yeah, thanks for the invite. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome yeah. stuff, man. Good awesome. Day. And thanks again um, for the, the very kind open arms welcome for you and, and all the listeners and everyone in Prescribed Films for letting us be come be part of a part of the network. It's uh, it's been fantastic and Loved every minute of it, and and can't we wait to keep pouring content for for our for our movie review podcast? It gets a little bit more into pop culture stuff. We get Patreon people get to pick some movies, and so sometimes it, it can go different directions. But we're about to hit the high season with with Star Wars. We've got more content lined up for that than than anything, and uh, then also the 
like I said, the Industrial Light and Magic people, like someone who actually worked on Terminator Dark Fate is going to be on our show talking about the movie. That's a pretty rare thing, so Sweet. that should be awesome. So, yeah, we should get into some some good stuff here uh, to close the year out, so it should be fun. Thanks very much for, for everybody and coming on our show and doing it. It was wildly popular, one of our most listened to shows by a mile, and, and uh, loved it and can't wait to keep doing this. This is this is fun uh, whenever we can, so... Heck yeah, and yeah, thanks for having us on your show. That was that was a lot of fun talking about it. Yes, thank you. Yeah, good. No, I hope you guys had fun. It ours ours get long because well, one, it's a three hour long movie, and if we're gonna chronologically walk through it, it's gonna take a minute. But uh, yeah, good good times had by all. So absolutely. All right, thanks everybody out there for listening. Thanks again to our Patreon supporters, our brand new ones too, especially those guys, exactly, Stefan yes. or Stefan or whatever. And Brandy. And Brandy. Thanks, guys. So, so, again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the next full episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast.